No, it's not even like the spider you have. It's not even like a spider spider plastic spider. It's a spider you draw on a board. It's not a spider spider plastic spider. No, no. Hello and welcome to episode 133 of Comical Podcast. I'm your host Justin Corbett and with me is the Great Gospel. The Great Gospel? <laughs> no, 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 no. Are you the Bible? <laughs> I don't know if I wanted to start it off that way. I have no idea what the hell is going through my head. <laughs> I don't want to read that book, man. <laughs> Everyone should read the Gospel, Horse to Cleese. <laughs> what are some uh, hymns that are in your book? <laughs> the Book of Gus. The Book of Gus. <laughs> and Chad. <laughs> and Martin. <laughs> what? What kind, of, what kind of apostles do you got, man? <laughs> the hell? That's funny, man. I, <laughs> I should write that book. You should. I'm going to burn. So it's a parody. Nice. <laughs> Parodies are totally okay. I don't know where the hell you put Chad from. It's <laughs> messed up. I thought it was funny. Hey, we have a, a, a fun theme song that we played this time. Uh, it's not our normal intro. Okay. And uh, it's not our upcoming new rebranding intro. Uh-huh. But it's just something really fun that we got in a message the other day from a listener. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody that you're always uh, utilizing his own song uh, kind of against him. <laughs> nice. Uh, Brian from the BriFi podcast. Uh, it was really cool of you, man, just to play around with our intro and make that a... It's cool. I'm, I'm glad you love the show so much and that you do that for us. I think it's really fun. Uh, if you never checked out Brian's show, look up BriFi Podcast. BriFi Podcast. BriFi Podcast. <laughs> exactly. He does a great one-man show. It's a lot of fun. He does comic reviews and talks about geeky nerd news and uh, has heroes and villains segments and all kinds of cool stuff. So He's got a really comic good, good one-man <laughs> show, so I highly recommend checking him out. You know, he only does 30 minutes, so it's, it's a good, nice, short show, so you can enjoy it. He keeps it lighthearted. He makes some off-color jokes, you know, the expense of his wife, and uh, no, and you sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and me, he attacks me. <laughs> but the funny part is, he's all into the horse, man. He reads the gospel of horse to clues. He does because you know he put a horse head on his son the other day. That's true. Did That's you see true. the eyes? I did see the eyes. <laughs> the eyes were a little bizarre. Yeah. And, of course, they're like a most beautiful animal. Like, no one is more beautiful than Lord Horstacles. And I said, wow, you're so modest. <laughs> <laughs> the horses have spoken. The goodbye horses. The goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, man? How uh, are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you alive? I really don't know. Uh, if you've been following my social media, I kind of complained all night because I was up. That's working. nothing different than any other well, day. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> uh, I didn't really have any free time. I was up all night working for my actual job, which is, you know and far between where we have these nights where we have to do that. But oh, fuck me. You got to do work for your actual job. I know. I know. What, is, what is the world coming to? Fuck. Uh-huh. <laughs> I spent about 10 hours working on an upgrade for a customer, and I'm pretty tired. Uh, but I didn't want to let you guys down. I wanted to make sure we got a show out this week since we didn't do one last week because of the Amazing Con. Uh, but we got a lot to talk about. So. You figure since you were like all wind up now, you're good to go. You're just going to roll on that adrenaline you got. What adrenaline? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That, that crack you've been doing. I don't know. You did something. Uh, I don't know. I just don't sleep very much anyway, so it's not hitting me as hard as it should. I think I've been working out a lot more, too, so that's kind of changed the way my body reacts to things. Like, I don't feel so tired and sluggish all the time, which, you know, it's a good thing. Yeah, it's a good thing, yeah. I mean, I came in here, you're listening to some kind of music. I don't know what the hell was going on here. I was kind of scared. It was Ghost. It was, oh, yeah. Ghost is a great metal band. I really yeah, really he sings it. for me. 
for yeah. Lord Horsticles. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think Papa Emeritus wants anything to do with Lord Horsticles. <laughs> Just saying. Nice. Anyways, we have quite a few things to go over this week, so let's move on to this week's comics. Uh, what were your top two, Miguel? Number two, Birthright number 19, Joshua Williamson and Andre Bresson. One of the few books I did not get to this week. How was it? Damn it, why can't I pick the ones you don't read? Because you know my recaps suck. <laughs> <laughs> do your best. Mikey and Brandon fight the demons and they win. Done. Who, who wins? Mikey and Brandon? <laughs> <laughs> no, all hell is broken loose. You get a backstory in Samil. You find out that Lore is kicking their ass, you know, and Samil and the other gods are talking about how, what are we going to do? And he's wiping the floor with us. We're losing. He goes, well, we could leave. We could go to another, another area. He's talking about going to Earth. And we could run. Right. We can survive. And the guys are like, what kind of shit is that? So this, That's is, a, this is in the past. This yeah, this is the past. Okay. It's, a, it's a flashback. It's like, what kind of crap is that, dude? Samil, why would we do that? Why would we run and leave the planet to, to lore? And uh, they were like, I trust Samil with my life. He's making the right call. We can't win. We must flee for better times or whatever. So the one guy's like, I don't like this. I'm not going to do it. He goes, I trust you. And he goes, I don't, I don't want to do it. He goes, we can't do it without you. So he comes back and says, all right, I trust you, Samil. I believe in you. You would never lie to me. So he goes with it. Next page. You lied to me, Samil. <laughs> they're sitting there fighting on Earth because they're the ones that are coming after Mikey and Brennan and the dad and, and Samil, right. the grandfather, because yeah. they're invading the room. So they, they pick up in that battle. And, and uh, Mikey's like, ever since I've been healed by my brother, I'm, I'm stronger now. Y'all can't hurt me. So he sends the dad off the run. He sends the little boy, the brother to go to, and they're running. And, and the little boy's, Dad, we got to go. I'm not leaving my son by himself. So the dad's trying to get in there and kick some ass. He ain't got no power. Right. But you see Samil taking on the one guy, and they just, they just keep on coming. That's awesome. And it I don't sounds... want to give I don't give away what's happening at the end, but it is some some pretty good shit. It sounds really good. I mean, I'm definitely going to read it. I just haven't gotten to it yet. It's uh yeah, my, Josh Williamson got you going there, boy. That's pretty good. It's it's going to get really I can tell you next next issue is going to be really good. I can't wait. I had I got goosebumps again. <laughs> I had goosebumps when I read it cuz it was like it's one of those books when you read it and like, wow, and you got to go back and you got to keep reading again to make sure you got what you want. Well, it's Josh Williamson. I mean, we, we already know he's the best. So Yeah, I, I read it, and I have to read it again to make sure I don't miss anything, and then I have to read it much slower than anything else, but it's really good. Cool. I recommend it highly. Very cool. What's your number two, sir? Uh, my number two is Spider-Man number eight from Brian Michael Bendis and George Leone. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a really fun story. You know, uh, it's Miles Morales meets Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, and uh, he's very nervous <laughs> talking to Luke Cage because Luke Cage is such a big icon in his family, his dad's favorite superhero. He grew up respecting and worshiping Luke Cage a little bit, and now he finally gets to meet one of his heroes. And uh, Luke Cage, of course, is very cocky, and he's like, motherfucker, yeah, I'm Luke Cage. <laughs> yeah, no. See, all the minorities know me. That was pretty goddamn funny, too. Uh, and then, of course, Jessica Jones is there to tell Miles why they knew who he was. She's the PI that his grandmother contracted to go and find him and uh, figure out what he was doing, what he was up to. Because the grandmother, for the last few issues, has been concerned that he's addicted to drugs or he's doing bad things. And, of course, Jessica, you know, she walks the line of being a superhero. Uh, she's you know, not going to rat him out because he's doing good. He is, he is a Spider-Man, right? So she gives him the courtesy of coming to him and telling him. And she's like, but the thing is, man, I figured out in two hours who the hell you were. Like, if I can do it in two hours, supervillains can do it just as fast. <laughs> like, you got to get your shit together. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? They go, mess your family up. Yeah. And uh, he's like, well, maybe I should do what you guys do and just come out and be Miles Morales, the superhero. And Luke's like, no, nah, that's not a good idea. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> What's funny is what Luke Cage tells him at the end. It's like, hey, man, Spider-Man's a minority now. Don't mess it up. Uh, there, there's a lot of really cool moments in this. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I think Miles is becoming one of my favorite characters in the current version of Marvel, the current Marvel Universe. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm really liking the way he's being written right now. I was not a huge fan when it was Ultimate Spider-Man and he was in the alternate universe, but now that he's part of the main universe and he's interacting with the 616 heroes, I'm really enjoying it a lot. Yeah, it seems to flow very well, and they're doing a good job with him. I enjoy it. It's one of my favorite books to read. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I highly recommend reading the entire series. Like Every issue has been pretty good, so I liked it. All right. What was your number one? Well, I switched it up a little bit. Uh, number one... It's kind of tough, but I took Flash number six, Joshua Williamson there was and a Carmine of- Giadomenico. Giadomenico, huh? Giadomenico, yeah, that guy. Yeah, <laughs> DC killed it this week. Honestly, uh-huh. every DC book was a contender for the top three. All Star Batman. All Star Batman's my number one. Honestly. Oh, is it okay? Uh, Flash was great. I mean, I saw it coming. You knew it was coming. I saw it coming. The it's some twist. shit that happens for the movie, for the show. You knew it was coming. Hey, guess what? What? Josh Williamson. (laughs) (laughs) Bastard. (laughs) Dude, I love Godspeed. He may be my new, more evil. He's Zoom times three, man. Pretty much. uh, So you've got Flash's uh, sidekick, his new helper, his partner, whatever. I should have said spoilers. My bad. They've been doing doing good. You know, they've been going out and stopping people and trying to help the new speedsters. Mm -hmm. And, of course, there's Godspeed going around killing the, the new speedsters and taking their power so that he can beat the Flash. Uh, and they're trying to figure out who the hell he is, but he's just too fast and too powerful, and he keeps evading them. And uh, towards the end of the story, Flash finally figures out who Godspeed is, and then Godspeed reveals himself. And he doesn't just reveal himself, he reveals how powerful he really is. And he's so fast that he can actually be in two places at once. And there's this great fight scene where he's fighting the Flash, and he's like actually attacking him from two sides, and the Flash can't do anything about it. Like He's just too slow. That was just amazing. It's really awesome. Godspeed, the way he just shreds his clothes and reveals himself is freaking cool, and I love, I, I really do. I won't tell you who he is, but when I, when I found out who he was, and I knew who he was going to be, I was pissed off when I, I started I seeing it coming. I think it's predictable. I think you can figure out who it is, especially in the beginning of this issue. Uh, but... It's still really well written. But he put, yeah, exactly. Williamson got me so correct, so connected to him and Flash together and then the other people working together that I was like, fuck you, Williamson. <laughs> you bastard. You just did what the show did to me. It's like, ah, oh, that's how you know it's a good one. Yeah. Everything Josh touches is gold. So I, I'm on a Josh Williamson kick this week. That was my number one. What else is new? <laughs> no, hey, shut up. <laughs> and you said your number one was All-Star Batman, which I totally love, too. Uh, Scott Snyder and John Romita Jr.? Uh-huh. So they come at Batman harder than they've ever come at Batman before. You've got Killer Croc as the main physical threat for Batman in the initial fight. And he's like, I brought backup. Here's my backup. It's King Shark. And Batman's like, oh, shit. <laughs> and he's like, King Shark brought backup. It's this other dude. Yeah. <laughs> this, like super ripped, like indestructible man thing. They pummel the shit out of Batman, and Batman still manages to beat them. Yeah, because he used Bat Shark repellent. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Awesome. He used Bat Shark repellent to beat King Shark. He he uh, attacked the stronger guy, hit him in his nerves so he couldn't hold him anymore, mm-hmm. and then uh, Killer Croc he threw some crazy ass batarang he had hidden in his cape that like basically wrapped a tree around Croc, so Croc couldn't do anything. Croc was like, yeah, throw your shark repellent at me. It's not going to do anything. Yeah, I got, <laughs> I got Croc repellent, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so good, man. It was fantastic. And then Batman invades them. Uh, he's, if you don't remember, he's trying to get Two-Face to this cabin, and Two-Face has put out a call to all the villains saying, if you can stop Batman, I'll give you the keys to the world, basically. you know, I have everybody's secrets. I have everybody's information. I have everybody's bank account numbers. Like Whatever you want, I'll give it to you. If you stop Batman from getting me to this cabin, it's like a game they're playing. Yeah, the next guy coming, though? Oh. Well, okay, so I don't know about this next guy, because we've seen him before, and he wasn't quite the badass that he's representing himself as here. But 
he's totally represented as a badass, and, and this may not be main continuity Batman. I'm not 100% sure on right. that. So uh, there's this one like super lethal assassin who has more confirmed kills than anybody in the world. Like He's actually stronger, more efficient than Deathstroke. And uh, the Penguin and Hammerhead and uh, Black Mask... Mm-hmm team up and pool their money so they can afford to hire this guy. This is a guy that's that, insane. This is the guy that like countries hire for like trillions of dollars. So like the three biggest crime lords in Gotham have to pull all of their resources to be able to afford this guy and they're like we want you to kill Batman for us. And he's like I've been waiting for this call for years. You guys are all pathetic. Why would you wait so long? Uh the money? Hello. <laughs> uh so now this other guy is after Batman and you know he does stop him pretty handily uh <laughs> at the end of the story. You've also got the two poison chicks that show up and poison Batman and Two-Face. Uh, and Batman, of course, has the antidote. It's Batman, dude. It's he's Bat prepared God. For, he's prepared for everything. It's Batman is the bomb. He's the all-star. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I had a conversation with Brayden the other day. He's like, hey, uh, what superhero would you be in DC? Psh, easy. Batman. Ain't got no powers. Dude, Batman is God. Do you not know that? Batman can't be beat. Batman can single-handedly take down the Justice League. The contingency plan for Batman is the Justice League. So, you know, no. It's Batman all the way. Who would you be if you were a bad guy? The Joker. Well, the, the Batman. You know, <laughs> the contingency plan for Batman is Alfred. Honestly, yeah, <laughs> Alfred, true. <laughs> Alfred is the only person in the entire DC universe that might be able to stop Batman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, Batman's freaking awesome. Yeah, it's, it's a fantastic read. I'm really digging what Scott Snyder's doing with this, but I've liked everything he did with Batman, so I can't recommend this highly enough. And this is only issue two, so you can easily find issue one and get on the board right now. So, I know you didn't read my pick of the week, and I'm going to do my best to explain it. But it's hard for me, but this one, it actually got me more than the first one. Okay. Black Monday Murders, number two, by Jonathan Hickman and Tom Coker. Oh, man, now I'm really regretting not reading it. Issue one was so fantastic. Issue two kind of explains it a little bit more. And you start following one of the guys from back. They take you back to, like, Soviet Russia, when, 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 I mean, when, back when the wall was still up In and Soviet shit. Soviet Russia, Monday murders you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it is so tripped out. The one guy back in Russia, like they want him to do, they go through this, I don't know, they had to take a body, some guy, it's supposed to be a certain type of guy, but they couldn't find him, but he's this type of guy, so they took him in and they put him in this flask and this thing, and they like, pull him, fill him up with water, like a time portal type thing, and because they use him, and he's a certain type of person, and this portal, they're now able to walk through these stairs, and you know, it's some crazy shit like... Uh, so he's like a sacrifice to open a doorway or something? Yeah, but I don't think they actually kill. I think they actually did kill him, but uh, I think they just put him to sleep. But yeah, it's a doorway, but they're walking through like stairs that looks kind of like in the labyrinth, you know? Like M.C. Escher? Yeah, and so they get in, and they, they meet the, the people, those, those badass people, the okay. people that run everything, and so they're talking, and they just wind up tell him what to do and control more things in the end you find the black cop who's hunting shit down now and he's starting okay there's something crazy going on here and i got these symbols and what the hell do these symbols mean and uh, he went and met somebody they told him it stands for etch or etch. i can't remember what how they pronounced it uh so he goes and meets the woman one of the women who has that white chick that doesn't talk that only talks in symbols right and apparently they know what it is too uh and they forget something is co- they said something is coming or something happening but the thing was it's the black guy ran into the to the Russian guy from way back then in the day. He's still alive. Oh wow! Okay. And so they see him, and it's like a face off and some shit, and it kind of ends. But it was. I'm not telling you the, the ending of it because it's more. But man, it was really good. And you know, the first one I read was kind of like, oh, what the fuck am I reading? Well, it's one of those books that you really had to pay a lot of attention to and take your time reading through it because there's so much going on and it's a, such a complex story. Like what you're saying right now. 
I mean, for somebody who didn't read the first issue, I'm sure it sounds like complete gibberish. Yeah, what the hell am I saying? I kind well, of... Well, that's just me, period. Well, <laughs> yeah, no. But <laughs> I kind of understand what you're saying a little bit, but uh, you really got to read the book to get it. I mean, Hickman is such a master at telling these really complex, convoluted stories that you know are brilliant. And I'm, I'm sure that it's a work of genius. I have it in my pile to read. I just didn't get to it because I was so busy this week, but I will. 100%. And the way that it's being drawn... The color scheme on the way it's been drawn fits it perfectly. Yeah, the issue one was a masterpiece. It was a ten out of ten, not even close. Like it was fantastic. If you're not picking up the Black Monday Murders, you need to go pick it up right now because I swear to God it'll be worth something down the road. Uh, Tom Coker's amazing. Yeah, uh, he really is. Hickman is just a great storyteller. I'm going to have to read it again. Obviously, when you give it back, I'm gonna have to read it again because I know I missed something. And as you know, I read simpler books, and you know, <laughs> but this book just intrigues me. Batman punch, Joker fall down. Shut up, <laughs> Whack. You suck, dude. <laughs> so what was your pick of the week and not your nose? Uh, my pick of the week was the fix number five from Nick Spencer and Steve Lieber. Uh, <laughs> I love this book. I've loved this book since issue one. I still feel like it's the biggest release of the year so far. Uh, I don't think anything's come close as far as quality overall. I mean, in five issues. I think Black Monday Murders could surpass it if they get that many quality books. But uh, as of right now, my favorite book of the year is The Fix. So we're following the detective that uh, was in that Hollywood girl's apartment or house uh, when she died. And the house blew up. And the police are coming to investigate. And they're like, what the hell did you do? Did you kill her? Are you responsible for this? And he's like, no, I didn't have anything to do with it. And they're like, well, the, the kid wants to talk to you. And the kid turns out to be this like frat boy who somehow... You know, finagled his way into being the ma- the mayor of the town, so they take him to see the mayor, and the mayor is just like got a, this crazy mansion. He's draw- got pictures of his dad all over the place that he drew dicks on. All yeah, the like, he's just like a totally like he's a frat boy. Did you play this game? That somehow is the mayor of the town. And he's like, oh man, I gotta take this fucking call here. Play Call of Duty for me and don't die, <laughs> like, dude. You fucking suck. <laughs> I hate that fucking kid. But they're both such assholes that they like instantly kind of become friends. And they go to this press conference, and uh, he's having to give a statement about what happened to the debutante. Uh-huh. And he gets up there to talk to everybody, and his phone rings, and he looks at it, and he's like, uh, sorry, guys, got to go. And he like runs away from this press conference and leaves the mayor standing there with his like dick hanging out like, uh... And it was great, and we did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the mayor's just like, he must have just gotten a call. Thanks for the great tip line, guys. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> it's really funny. Uh, the best then, part, though, the mayor interaction between him and the detective was when the detective goes, you can just get the guy swatted, the kid that's beating him all the time. And so he, he goes, he's not going to do it. Yeah, he did. Yeah, the, the kid <laughs> on Call of Duty that's like beating the crap out of him. He's like, yeah, just send SWAT over to his house. And uh, and the mayor's like, oh, yeah, I can do that. I'm the mayor. They <laughs> <laughs> so swat him. I'm like, come on. It's pretty ridiculous. Everybody in this book's ridiculous. And the black guy who's their friend who, who turns everything into sexual innuendo, like, <laughs> I'm not even going to repeat what he was saying in this oh one. My it's god. so ridiculous, but oh my god, this book's just amazing. Like Nick Spencer's just as genius as Jonathan Hickman. Then you see the buddy with the the dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think that since issue five's out, the first trade can't be far behind. True, you got to pick up the fix, guys. Yeah, you really do. It's amazing. Some comic shops may have it. They had probably a smaller comic shop if you get lucky. Yeah, because uh, they it's flying off the off the shelves. I think they're on their seventh or eighth printing of issue one. So, Are you serious? Yeah, I damn. Follow, I follow Steve Lieber, and I've been talking to him a couple times about it, and he has issues up available on his website. You can get signed copies from him directly, which is kind of cool that he does that. But uh, yeah, they're like on issues. They're like on the seventh printing of issue one, which that's is insane. I mean, it's it's that good. Yeah, you know, I think it is the next saga. Better watch your back, brothers, because here comes Black Murder Mondays.
Black Monday murders. It's the only thing that can even come close. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Killer Be Killed is pretty close too. Yeah, those uh, are the, that, those are the three breakout books of this year for yeah, sure. Yeah, but I'm thinking DC wise. I'm thinking when uh, Midnighter makes its comeback, he might push. Well, you know, DC. Well, no, not not in regards to image. I get you. DC and Marvel Andy. books are completely different. I mean, those those are the books that they may go up in value, and they certainly can. Uh, you think that you think Nailbiter can't hold? Explode overnight. Well, the thing is, Nailbiter's horror. And unfortunately, horror is not the most popular genre. Like and that's terrible because Nailbiter's a man who writes Nailbiter. Williamson, <laughs> you know Nailbiter is my favorite series on the stands. Uh-huh. I love Nailbiter. I love horror. I'm a huge horror guy. I know you love horrors, but uh, see, <laughs> I keep hanging out with you. I don't know. Hey! <laughs> uh, but for some reason, horror is just not that popular of a genre. So those books don't tend to sell as well as superhero stuff or like other you know indie books. Yeah, so it is what it is. That's true. So, let's move on. All right. Uh, let's talk about Amazing Houston Comic Con. It wasn't so amazing. It wasn't so amazing? <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I've been hearing from a lot of people. Oh, uh, I was only bullshitting. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I, we had an absolute great show. Uh, George and I went there as Grey Bear Comics to sell Speak No Evil. And we took about 220 copies, and we completely sold out, which is amazing. I told you those nudie selfies were going to pay off. Yeah, I'm sure that's what did it. Uh, no, we had uh, we had to pitch the book a lot. I've actually gotten the pitch down to a science. I probably had to say the same words a thousand times over the course of the weekend. Pitch to me right now. No, I, I'm not doing it again. <laughs> you already you already have your copies. <laughs> but I did have to say it about a thousand times to get those 200 sales. Like, isn't that crazy? That's insane. The cool thing was though, since we were at Amazing Comic Con, and the thing about Amazing Comic Con is that it is a comic book convention. It's not an entertainment expo like a lot of the other shows that exist. Uh, most of the people that went there were comic book fans. So we never had that weird moment where you're like, hey, you like comic books? And somebody's like, no. And I'm like, well, what are you, what are you doing in a comic con? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it was actually pretty easy to sell the book once we uh, got people over to our table. Traffic was kind of light over the weekend, uh, which a lot of other vendors were complaining about. But... Uh, we did really well. We sold out of our book, and it was just it was awesome. We had a lot of good feedback too. People would go and like sit down and read it at lunchtime, and then come back and tell us how much they enjoyed it. And I don't know, I was like on cloud cloud nine the entire weekend. That's cool, man. Just you know, I'm glad you had such a great con. You know, you just left me hanging. I was out there by myself. You didn't show up till eleven, and then you left at two. <laughs> I did not leave at two. I was there by myself. What am I gonna do? You were there with your. You're my daughter. yang to my yang. You were there with your daughter and your son. You're my SpongeBob to my Patrick. You're, not all these are good. You're, <laughs> you no. know, you're my Woodstock to my Snoopy. I'm your Shrek to your donkey. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh-huh. You're more like my kitty soft paw to my puss in boots. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you what, know. What does that say about you? <laughs> it says I'm puss in boots. And it says you had a lot of problems. <laughs> Uh, you know, I took a lot of pictures with people there. I enjoyed myself. Uh, got to run on our buddies, Devin and Samantha, and uh, met James. I went up to James like, bam! <laughs> you know, I saw Jesse. And... Called, that was Brian. I wasn't James. Oh, Jesus Christ. All Mexicans look alike to me now. <laughs> you racist bastard. <laughs> well, I am Mexican, so I can say that. <laughs> yeah, I ran to Brian. James wasn't there. Yeah, James was the only one of our friends that didn't attend Amazing Con this year. He didn't uh, want to see us. Jesse was there. Jamie was there. James took a picture Ferry with Jamie. was there. Devin. Miss Wiki was there. Elisa. Yeah, it was actually Elisa was really funny because she came up and bought a copy of the book and she goes, Will you personalize it for me? And I go, Oh, yeah, sure. And she goes, You know how to spell my name, right? And I go, uh, It's Lisa with an E in the front, right? And she goes, Yeah. 
She goes, everybody always gets it wrong. And I was like, well, do you want me to like get it wrong on purpose on the, <laughs> on the personalization? <laughs> nice. And she goes, yeah, that'd actually be really funny now that I know you know how to spell it. So I spelled it E-L-E-E-E-E-E-E-S-S-A. Nice. <laughs> you having a stroke? <laughs> she got a laugh out of it. it That's pretty funny. <laughs> no, it, was a, it was a great show. I had fun. Uh, talking to everybody was a blast. Uh, I know George went and talked to Kevin Eastman, got some stuff signed, gave him a copy of our book, and he was really excited to check it out. I actually hope that he reads it and tweets us. That would be amazing. Nice. Um, I went over and talked to Marat, bought a few things from Marat again, you know, do you poo, that type of stuff. Had a great time talking to him for a while. I uh, didn't get a chance to really talk to Chad because he was kind of busy. Didn't Chad, Chad had like a commission list a mile long. He yeah, was I didn't want to bother him. Weekend. Yeah. Uh, Chris Claremont was there, which is awesome. Uh, he came to Houston three years ago for Comic Palooza, and I got all my stuff signed then, so I didn't really have a reason to go and talk to him again. But uh, just he's a really awesome guy. I got to see, I got to hear some of his panel from where we were sitting, which is cool. Cool. Um, I got to sit down and talk to my people from my official comic book store in Houston, the Pop Culture Company. I talked to Robert there and uh, a few other people there, so I was hanging around them for a little bit. We actually went and talked to them as well, and uh, Robert is going to carry Speak No Evil. Yeah, I saw it on the stands, actually. Oh, you did? Yeah, I almost bought all ten. Oh, I didn't know you had even put it out yet. That's awesome. They were behind the counter on top of the where the the expensive stuff staff. Oh, cool. Uh, We're going to set up a signing there uh, sometime in October. So uh, very cool. What's cool is he also has the signed copy I gave him from Frank Barberi, uh, uh, the revisionist. Uh It's right there on the stand. It's pretty cool. Very cool. So it's the pop culture. So, yeah. Dude, I tell you, they're one of the greatest comic shops in Houston. Uh, i get a little plug for them right now. I go in. They do wonderful things. They're so nice. Uh, his manager, who I'm forgetting, Ashley. Ashley. Uh, I can't say enough good things about her. She makes me laugh every time I'm in there. Legitimate, nice people. I mean, they, they treat you well. They do anything for you. Um, and it's a great shop. It really is. It's not a huge shop. It's a good size shop, but it's not a huge, huge shop like some shops in Houston. They're, they're one of like they're probably the second or third biggest in Houston. Yeah, but I guarantee you the more we, they keep on going out of the cons, the more love we give them. And we've already turned a bunch of people over to them. I, we, I see a lot of our friends going over there now. They're going to blow up eventually, dude. Seriously. Well, they're number one in quality. They're definitely one number one in customer service. Definitely. Uh, you know, don't waste your time at any shop that starts with a B. Nice. Uh, <laughs> go to pop culture. <laughs> hey, and I'll, I'll pitch another couple of things. Two more shops I want to give a hit. Speaking of that. Yeah. The asshole who manages the main B store uh-huh. tried to run me over at Amazing Comic Con. Nice! He was pulling a cart full of shit, and I was pulling a cart with you know our little bit of stuff, and I went through the door. There's like two doors. I went through the one on the left. He went through the one on the right, and just tried to run me over. Like he ran me into the wall, and I was like, what the fuck, man? And he turned around and glared at me and kept on walking. What a dick. Ah, dude. Fucking hating. They hating you, brah? I guess. That's because you're making something yourself. You know, you're not a you're not a manager of a bee, and you're out there doing stuff, and you're writing a book, and you have a podcast that's loved by many. Then he's noticing like maybe I shouldn't have been dicks to these guys in the first place. Yeah, we haven't blown up like some mega superstar yet, but we're entrenched with people here in Houston. Oh yeah, and you can definitely tell like when we show up and we go anywhere, and they're like, "Holy shit, you're the guy who writes Speak No Evil." Holy shit, you're the horse. Like, <laughs> I don't even have the mask on me. How the freak do you know that, you freaking stalker? <laughs> That's fucking cool. Because you got that horse face. You know? Fuck you. Because I got that horse dick. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> what I have to grab? I don't understand why I had to grab there. I, but anyway, <laughs> it's like not visual. Uh, but no, it's it's crazy. I it's freaking awesome to have people like that who really love your stuff. Yeah, yeah. it is such a good feeling. I'm them. You're freaking hilarious. That's I, the best compliment you can ever give me oh, is to tell me that I'm funny. Like you're funny looking. Well, no, I'm serious. Like, no, I know. You know, anything you can say to me. That would make me happy. It's tell me I'm funny. 
Yeah, that that does it for me more than anything else. Yeah, I listen to a lot of podcasts of friends that are ours, and I, and I and I go out there and I tweet about them and whatnot. I pimp them on the show and on Twitter, and I'm not being an ass. I'm being serious. They are really freaking funny. I mean, I I joke and I dog Bryfy a lot. I love the guy. The guy is freaking hilarious to me. I, when we go on his show, it's a blast. Uh, Dave the Nerd, love the dude. Adrian has issues. I mean, I'm, I could throw more. Comic Syndicate, Craig Price. Craig Price has to be the most professional some gun I know. I swear to God, he's funnier than you really actually think he is. You, you think he's not funny, but he is. Oh, he used to be a stand-up comedian. He's very, he's very entertaining. And I'm still going to kick your ass for saying I don't do any work, Craig. <laughs> I'm getting Tara Reid on my side. We're coming after you, dog. <laughs> I wanted to throw that. That's why I mentioned that. But anyway, I don't understand why that guy did that to you. That's wrong. He's, That's just, just, he's just a dick. It's fine. I mean, I'm, I'm over it. But When you make it big, brah, when you make it big, don't forget about me, first of all. Well, our plan is just to get our book published uh, through a big publisher so he has no choice but to carry it in his store. That's... And then when he asks me for a signing, I'm going to tell him to go to hell. So. You, yeah. <laughs> you remember that time you pushed me in the wall, fucker? <laughs> nah, dude. Make him like, yeah, I'll come to your store, but I want pepperoni pizza only. And I want you to pick the pepperonis off. Only brown M&M's. That's right. <laughs> For and my Mexican friend, Miguel. <laughs> not, oh, I hate the brown M&M's. This is the worst. What? There's no difference. <laughs> you're, you're, Dude. You're an insane person. No, there is a fucking difference. There in is a different, no difference. How are we having a discussion about M&M's? There's a difference. when the di- You can taste the color. You cannot. Taste the rainbow. <laughs> you cannot taste the color. You're insane. Can you taste the difference in a Skittle? Yes, because they're different fruit, fruit flavors. The, the M&M is a different thing, too. Trust me, brown versus yellow versus orange versus blue is different. They're all chocolate with a candy-coated shell that's just colored differently. It tastes different. They're like people, man. Dude, they're not like... <laughs> <laughs> We're all the same. I don't inside. eat people. <laughs> I am not an insane person. Just because you're trying to say I take my OCD to an extreme level now. You know you're an insane person. <laughs> No comment. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Amazing Houston Con overall was excellent. I had a lot of fun this year. Jimmy J puts on a great event. Uh, I wish they would do a little more to promote it, and I wish they would do a little bit more to bring more current, relevant comic book guests. And I told him that, and he said he was going to definitely take that in, into consideration for next year, and hopefully he brings some people that I talked to him about. I would love to see Hickman come. I would love to see Bendis come or Remender, like any of the bigger guys that are working in comics today. Uh, I think they do a lot. For the show, it's a little small. I mean, it's nowhere near the small, scale of small is fine though because it's a comic book show. It's not an entertainment expo. That's true. You don't have celebrities. You don't need hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people because you're not booking the entire convention center. You're booking one banquet hall, and well, that's true. You know, you make your money off your artist alley and your, your vendors, and then a little bit extra because of the, the the comic book celebrities that come. You don't have to go crazy with it because it's not a giant convention. It's just a small comic book show. Which, Do you think he has it farther, far enough away from Comic Palooza that it doesn't hurt him in sales? Maybe it's yeah, it's it's far enough away for sure. I don't think that's an issue. Or I maybe he should do it before. I think it's more about the people he brings because two years ago it was like Rob Rob Liefeld was the big draw. Yeah, and then he brought Rob Liefeld again, which okay, like I mean Liefeld's great, but everybody already saw him this year. He brought Chris Claremont who, like I said, was already here not that long ago. Uh-huh. Pretty much everybody that wanted to see him saw him then. And he brought Kevin Eastman, who's also fantastic, but you know, you pay attention to Kevin Eastman's schedule. He's always at Alamo City Comic Con. He's always at shows in Dallas. He's always in Texas. If you want to meet Kevin Eastman, you can do it. It's not mm-hmm. hard. He's at almost every show. What he needs to do is bring people that almost never show up. Like the person from Saga. Yeah, like uh, Brian K. Vaughn would be a great draw, or, or Bendis, or Williamson. Remender. Well, Williamson would absolutely be a huge draw, but I don't think enough people are familiar with him because he hasn't done any of the major... I got what you're saying. No, I hear what you're saying. Like, I I think the big Marvel and DC people are the people he needs to bring to get 
people in the in the doors, you know. And he needs to bring people, just different people. Yeah, mix it up. Yeah, I definitely agree up. with you on that. So I hope that next year that happens. I, I would love to see some fresh blood come in because I think that will draw a huger crowd. Bring in the zombie king. But overall, <laughs> overall, I still think it was a pretty good turnout. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of people complained, but they, I don't think they really adjusted their merchandise for a comic book convention. Like, you can't really go there and expect to sell a ton of Pokemon stuff to a comic book crowd. Right. You know, you, you, some will sell, sure, but you're not going to make bank. It's not like an entertainment expo where everybody's just kind of hanging out and doing stuff. That's probably why you did well. You were doing comic I'm, I'm books. I'm sure that's why we did well. You know, if you have comic book themed stuff, you're probably going to do okay at a comic book convention. That's at least that's what I think. Hey, it didn't help that I was walking around the building going, "Hey, I'm also a comic, you know, my name is Miguel, a comic comical podcast and my buddy, my co-host wrote a book, he's over there selling his book. Go check it out." That's right. I was pimping you when I was even pimping you. We had we had a lot of word of mouth going around about us. Uh, it was actually kind of cool. I think we were the talk of the convention. Like, you are getting foot and mouth disease out there, bro. That's how much foot and mouth. <laughs> That's how much traffic you're getting. People were coming up to the table and being like, oh my God, I heard about your book. This sounds amazing. Let me buy a copy. I didn't even have to pitch them. That happened like 25 times. That's That's really cool. Uh, We had had people stop us while we were walking around the convention. And they were like, hey man, do you have any copies left? I really want to buy one, but I can't make it over your table because I'm busy. And I was like, yeah, sure. They're like, will you bring it to me? We had that happen like four times. That's cool. It was was an incredible weekend that so many people were so supportive and so many people liked the book. We got reviews. People have been tweeting us and emailing us and sending us Facebook messages all week, telling us what they liked about it. I'm on cloud. I'm still on cloud nine. Like it's an amazing feeling that so many people are so receptive to you it. You can't be on no cloud. You're too damn big. No, I'm shrinking, man. <laughs> <laughs> that cloud can't hold you, dog. <laughs> I'm still shrinking. Nice. Fifty-two pounds now. Oh. getting there. Well, that's cool, man. Uh, just imagine how it's going to be when you bring your other book and you sit it next to it. When you drop the Horse Minions book out there. Then you're going to really bank them then. That's going to happen. Uh, we didn't release Horseman Inns last week because mm-hmm. we didn't do a show, but I have two that are coming out this week, so keep an eye out for those. They're both pretty funny. Uh, Screw you, Ryder. There's some more furries in there. <laughs> Chris, Chris is doing a great job with it. I am excited to do the Horseman Inns comic. Uh, George and I are starting to work on our next project as well. The issue two Kickstarter for Speak No Evil drops October 1st, so anybody out there that didn't get a chance to pick up issue one, this is a good way to do it. There's going to be some rewards that have the digital version of both. Or some rewards that have the physical version of both. Uh, if you really just want to read it ahead of time, you can go to our website, graybearcomics.com. We have both up there as well for issue one. Uh, we have some awesome rewards planned for issue two, though. And I'm really excited for this Kickstarter. I'll try to get me some more money together so I can get myself a, uh, some more original art. Samir's amazing, and he I really, really love is. it. And he's, he's actually getting better as he goes along. Like, I can't believe how good he is now. I mean, I'm so glad that I'm lucky enough that I got that one where the fist comes through the guy. I mean, that's frick through, was it Charles? No, who's the, the assistant yeah. gets killed. Yeah, it's Charles. Yeah, I'm, I'm so happy I got that. And it's like, I love this page. Yeah, and we actually sold a bunch of original art at the con, too, which I didn't expect to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there was a girl that came up the very first day on that Friday. And she was like, oh, my God, this art is amazing. She hadn't even read the book or anything. Mm-hmm. And her boyfriend bought a copy of the book. And then she kept looking at the art. She kept looking at it, and she's like, "You know, I think I'm gonna buy a page." Like I'm, like sight unseen. She hadn't read the comic or anything. Mm-hmm. She just loves Samir's art so much that she bought a page. That's cool, man. That's, Did you tell him? Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that's freaking awesome. He's so talented. That guy's yeah. I'm hoping that at your colors too. Uh, what's her name? Gentlemen, she's she's just as talented as he is. I hope both of your two your two gentlemen, your gentleman and the young lady there. I hope that. With the, because of this book, that they get a shot on some other big stuff too, because they are really amazing. I mean, I have to honestly, I, I got to give him props. I love his art. It's like some of my first art I've actually bought, so it's really cool. It's really special to me. Uh, and so when he does the second book, I'm hoping I get my hands on one of the pieces that I want. Uh, as you know, I've read your script already. I'm one of the few people that have. So yeah. 
I, I'm excited. So I'm happy for you. I really am. Thanks, and, it's it's cool. It's so great. It's been a lot of work, but it's uh, it's totally worth it. And I mean, thanks for leaving me out of it. We've been getting re- well. You're gonna, you're gonna have a part. You already know you're gonna have a part later on. Uh, we've been getting reviews from some sites. Uh, we actually submitted the Newsarama and to the Outhousers last week. So and they both said they were gonna do the review. So sometime in the next two weeks, I'm gonna have a review up on two of the major comic book sites. What about CBR? Uh, CBR is not really doing independent stuff. Okay. Uh, we submitted to like ten or fifteen different places, and we got ten people that got back to us. So we've already got the first two in. The first one was absolutely glowing. The guy said so many nice things, but he didn't give us like a rating or anything. It's just like flowery, just amazing. That's cool. He loved the book so much. The second one gave us a 7 out of 10, uh, and it was very, very positive. I mean, it's the first issue, so it's the intro to all the characters. But a 7 out of 10 is still really good. Oh, that's good. For your first book ever? Yeah. Like, I'm totally fine with that. And that was comicwow.tv, I think. Huh. But I'm really excited to see what the Newsarama guys say because I'm you know, a big fan of their website. That's cool. That's cool when you get somebody like that to give you the review. The thing that impressed me the most was when you get there and you get a review from Steve Orlando or you get a review from Frank Barberi, and then the guys who are actually in the industry and are actually blowing up new stuff, when they tell you the book is amazing, that's when you feel super awesome. Yeah, and I've got a lot of good feedback from my writer friends, so uh, I'm, I'm really excited. So I can see why you're on cloud nine. I still don't think the cloud can hold you, but that's okay. <laughs> is it the cloud for Mario? You know, where he, the guy's on top and he's maybe, dropping Maybe it. it's cloud 10. Cloud 10. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, man. Damn, it was going to blow up. I hope so. I hope so. I hope the Kickstarter does really well. And please, everybody out there, please come support us again. October 1st, uh, Speak No Evil issue 2 on Kickstarter. Really appreciate it. Well, you know, you got your project going there. I'm so happy for you. I'm hoping... Barry Media gets with me so we can launch my calendar I want to do. Well, you missed him at the Amazing Con. I know. He went to some freaking football game. You know, I had my Burt Reynolds rug ready to go. I was good to go. 12, 12 months of this deliciousness. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this looks, I mean, come that's, on. That's the intro. Man. <laughs> 12 months of this deliciousness. Oh, my God. You're ridiculous. <laughs> anyway. I, you should do it. You should put together a calendar and we can sell it on the website. Who the hell would buy that? <laughs> People, I bet Barry Media is down to, to oh the photographs. Oh, my God. I bet, you, I, I bet money that Barry Media is down to take the photographs of you. Pot belly July. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll, we'll make a, a horse to Cleese calendar and we'll put it up on the Oh, website. my God. I wouldn't be surprised if we sold a bunch. Oh, furries galore coming out the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> Maybe that's maybe that's your next endeavor. <laughs> <laughs> when I got into this with you, nor did I ever think I'd ever be one making a stupid ass character, two taking it as far as I am. Freaking hilarious! I think so. Nice. <laughs> well, now it's time for everybody's favorite segment. Tell me a funny story. And this week it is definitely you. Damn it! <laughs> All right, well, I don't have great stories, uh, but I have a few. I'll start off with a little bitty one first that happened to me at Target the other day. So I'm at Target with the boy and uh, the baby boy and the wife, and we're looking around, you know, because we just got finished eating at, at Panda, and it's such good food at Panda. At oh, Panda? Panda. Panda Express. Oh, Panda Express. Oh, so good. <laughs> I, I didn't know what you meant. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't eat a panda? What the hell, man? <laughs> I love this Asian food. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so we went over to Target to buy some stuff. And so I'm looking around, and my wife's finding all the Halloween stuff for, for school. You know, as my wife's a teacher. Well, Brayden pulls a U, picks up a spider, and comes up to me and goes, and I don't even call me. He just comes up and he goes, ooh, and I turn around and look at ah! And, like, and he just starts laughing because I didn't, number one, I jumped because he put it, like, right in my freaking face. Two, I didn't know he was there. Why am I holding up three? And three is because it was a spider. 
You should have done it when you like looked away and put it in your Szechuan chicken or something. So then you turn around. And- no, this Szechuan. What? I don't even know damn Szechuan. I don't even know what the hell Szechuan chicken is. But anyway, yeah, this happened at Target because uh, you'll laugh at the spider. The spider wasn't even a real spider. Well, I'd assume not. It's not like you found a dead spider on the ground and brought it to you. No, it's not even like the He's spider you that. have. No, it's not even like the spider you have. It's not even like a spider spider plastic spider. It's a spider you draw on a board. It's not a spider spider plastic spider? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if I was to take this Batman outline here, cut it out, and paste it on a board. That's what it was. So it was a board with an image of a spider that he made me jump. And, and that, was, that was enough to freak you out? Well, damn, it's like right here. Like, bam, there it is. Like my junk was in front of Brown. Bam, right there. <laughs> so, and it got me, dude. It freaked me out, dude. I was seriously having heart palpitations. Like, holy Jesus. Like, damn you, Brayden. I wasn't ready for that crap. I, I don't know. Oh, because I was looking at the, the, the Halloween crap in my wife, and it looked like there were spiders in there and stuff. And so I was kind of like already kind of cautious. I didn't want you know touch anything that was going to freak me out. And he did that shit right. It was perfect timing. But anyway, my, real, my funny story doesn't involve – the other funny story doesn't really – well, it kind of involves me, but it's my daughter. So my daughter, me, and the baby boy amazing con. And so we're walking around, and her first con ever, she just wanted to go. I oh, said, yeah, it's a small it was, one. It was her first one ever? I didn't know that. Yeah. She oh, loved cool. it. She can't wait to go to Comic Palooza next year. Comic Palooza is a much more So she's going to be really, and she goes, Dad, she, what are you she's doing? She's not, like, super hardcore into comics. She likes them, but she's not, like, nah, her her Hers are The Walking Dead and Saga. But, yeah, she's not super hardcore, but she's getting there. But she watched me, doing like, what are you doing, Dad? You like I was waiting for her to tell me you freaking weirdo. I was actually kind of afraid to keep on putting the mask and taking pictures with people because I was wondering what she was thinking of me. <laughs> I was like, "This is my character. This is what I do." You got to get her a mask too. And it- uh, I should probably, uh, I should probably do that. Yeah, get her to play along. Great. But anyway, so we're walking around, and so I'm talking to Brian, and I look at their love, and her and Brayden are walking away. I'm like, where are they going? I'm like, oh my god, they're going to that game. Where you play with the, the money, I mean, the, the, the illegal, dice. The illegal gambling ring in the middle well, of Amazing Yeah, you know, whatever. That's a convalooza, too, though. Anyway, so I walked over there behind him. What are you doing? Well, I wanted to look at this clown thing, I guess, from It or whatever, and something else the brain saw they want to look at. And the guy's, well, come play the game. Here's how you do it. You grab these darts in the air, and you drop them, and they fall on the numbers. You pick the numbers. I count the numbers up, and if they're the number here, it determines what you get. You got to get 100 points to win. If you land on this, you lose. You, land, you don't lose, but you got to keep on going. And you only lose, and he points on the board, and he wants you to read it, if you stop playing. You can win. It's a hero's game. Like, I don't get the whole concept of hero. But anyway, so she dropped, and she got a bunch of points. She goes, what'd you get? Oh, cool. So she, she, got, she gave her, like, three drops for a dollar or whatever. So he dropped it again. So she was doing so well, like, like this. Like, oh, holy crap. It's like, okay, well, you didn't win, Nicole. So I was, all right. But he goes, $5 to continue on. You know, you got to try to get to points. And Nicole, we need big points. She hits a double. She says, okay, now, because you got the double, you got this. Now from winning one prize, now you can win three. Okay, cool. All right, so $5 play. No, 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 no. It's 10 now because of the double. Okay, all right, there's $10. Drops them again, does a good. Oh, look at that. You got the insurance now. So that means if you hit on any of these reds, you're good. We just cover them up, and you won't lose. That makes it better for you. Okay, so continue on. But it's a double also. It's $20 now. Here's $20, Nicole. She keeps on going. Nicole does. So she's getting more points. She keeps on going. She's not losing. She keeps going now. She hits another double. Fucking shit, Nicole. Now you can win seven prizes. So when do you win? When you just say... Oh, you got to get to 100. You got to get 100 points. So Nicole is continuing on up. Nicole was at 70-something points like forever. But she hit like four or five doubles in a row. And she was hitting bad numbers too, but because she had the insurance, she was able to take the little leaf charms and stick it on top of the numbers she just hit. Uh-huh. So uh, the only way she would lose really again and have to continue on is like if she had another num- the same number was already covered up. Like if she covered up the number 26, if she hit it again, she'd have to pay another 40 or whatever it was at the time to continue on. She wouldn't lose, but you, you could only cover up the number once. Right. 
Well, she hit it, and he like, you know what? I understand. You know, you're doing so good. I'm going to give you another free shot. So she did, and she got like 88 points after that. Like, son of a gun. So you got to keep on going. Remember, you only lose if you quit. You only got to get to 100. And he kept on pointing out the rules because she kept on hitting everything. She started hitting doubles and these other things. Like, oh, my God. It's like, holy crap, child. He goes, he goes holy crap, woman. You got to start thinking of me now. When you win, you got to give me an Xbox. Because they had, like, Xboxes, TVs, PlayStation 4. They had all kinds of crap. Right. And I asked the dude, are these all brand new, dude? He goes, yeah, they're brand new. Well, I'm just looking because there's so brand much new, dust on it. Brand new bricks in a box. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's all brand new stuff. And you could choose whatever 11 things you want. You can take 11 PlayStation 4s if you want. Okay. It's, it's not really. It's a PlayStation 4. PlayStation 4. <laughs> so he's like, continue on. So, all right. So she hits another double. Like, damn it. So we got to 13 prizes. Now it's $80 a game. I looked at Nicole. She looks at me. She had no money. So I was the one giving her the money. She had money, but it was in the bank. I was the one with cash on hand. He doesn't take debit card. You're Nicole broke out her debit card. Nicole was playing, not me. And he goes, whoa, I can't take those because I keep them. I can't take his cash only. She looks at me. I got $80. Here. Give it back to me? Yeah. Okay. $80. Brayden's like, I want that PlayStation. I want that. And I'm looking like, I don't know what I'm going to get out of this. And Nicole's like, you know, she drops it. Gets the 99 So, now you make the decision. You throw again. You hit anything to get you one point or anything over, you win. You hit the red numbers you covered up, you lose. You hit a double, you technically win, but you lose again because you got to pay 160 now. That's where we're at. So, we're at 180 with... Four of the five red numbers covered up. But you're you're already in, you're already invested for like two hundred dollars, right? Somewhere in about one hundred sixty, about about one hundred and forty, I think at that point, because she put her own money too. Eighty, forty, twenty. No, it was it was one five ten twenty twenty forty forty eighty. Yeah, I don't even know how much it was. I gave up. <laughs> that's that's a little over two hundred. Yeah. Like, wow. And you walked away with nothing. Shut up, man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we're like contemplating like Nicole. If I get you 80 bucks and you hit it, you win. That's great. I said, we get all the stuff we want. I said, but look at the odds. You hit any of those red numbers, we're screwed. You jumped in the parking lot carrying like 14 Xboxes. No shit. <laughs> I was like, you hit in those red numbers, we lose. And we have to pay another 80. You hit another double like you've been hitting all night, and it's going to go to 160. If you hit that black number there, we're screwed. Psyched her out. You should have just given her the. She was thinking the same thing too, and she's like, "Dad, I don't know if I should do this. Should try. We can go get the money and come back." He goes, "Tell you what, lady. He goes, you've been such a great player, and you guys are so into it and everything else. I'm going to save your game." He draws the line. Here's my initials. Sign here. You're at 99 points. Go enjoy the con. Come back when you're ready, and we'll finish her up. Go get your money where you need to do. I want you to win. Remember, he points that line again. You only lose if you quit. It's called hero. That's why it's called hero to see if you're a hero enough to take the opportunity to win. Throw all that money to win. So I told my wife that story when we got home. Nicole's like, oh, the funny part is we're leaving. Brain's like, yeah. Hey, Nicole, look at that cloud. What do you see? I don't know. What is that? Well, it's not that one point we were needing. <laughs> Brayden was doing the one thing all day long. And Nicole's like, shut up, Brayden. <laughs> hey, look, Nicole, I just broke a one off into my chips here. <laughs> hey, look, Nicole, I got a one. <laughs> one time you didn't win me nothing. <laughs> so it's like all day long. It was great. And so I get home and I told Nina the whole story. And you know what she tells me? You should have just gave her the fucking $80. You had already put too much money into it. I don't know. What was, it, what was the odds left in the game? Like, what was the, how many squares were available that she could have hit to win versus how many weren't? There probably were more odds, chance of you to win. But the problem was numbers on the board where you're dropping the darts, the way the numbers are set up, is more than likely you're going to hit the numbers you've already covered up. 
it's very hard. If you drop those darts and they fall in the same spots all the time, you're going to get the same, you know, because you're not allowed to pick them up any higher than this. But Nicole was actually dropping them sometime, and they would go out, and they'd fan out. But the way they had the board set up, they got, like, ones and twos and fours and fives and threes. Like, you know, they had the most numbers that are closer to really, you know, it's like you said, the house always wins. Mm-hmm. That's how they had it set up. So it's going to be very tough. Well, that's, I, don't, I don't play any games that are versus the house because you don't win house games. Like, those games are designed to just beat you. Like, and he's good, too, because he was, he was talking up that game. He's like, oh, we sure. need to go to Vegas. I'm sure. You go, you, go to the, you go to a casino somewhere, and they all, you know, like, play blackjack, play craps. Like, those are all losing propositions. Like, they're fun, sure. You know, you can get sucked into the, the Carnival Barker attitude or, or the fun of gambling, but, like, they're always a bad decision. You're going to play a game, you've got to play poker because poker is against other people, and most people are stupid. So <laughs> you're not playing the house in poker. You're playing against other people, which is why I like it, because you know, you're competing with other people, not with the house. The house is going to get a rake. They're going to get a little bit of money, but it's not the same. It's not, they don't have like, some kind of unfair advantage. All those games are designed to give them an unfair advantage. It's like you go to the carnival, and you've got to do the ring toss on the, the bottles, and the bottles have Vaseline all over them so the rings won't stick. Like You can't win. You can. You can get extremely lucky and win, but it's like one out of every 300 attempts. I'm pretty good at the ring toss. I, I pretty much win a lot. That one I'm good at. Well, you know what I'm saying, though. I know, I know exactly. See, like, you go shoot the basketball, and the hoop is, like, barely bigger than the ball. Right. Or the ball has, like, so much air it bounces. Right. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, well, that's pretty much what happened to us. We got pretty much sucked in, and the lore of possibly winning 13 prizes was, was a lot. Well, I know it was a lot for Braden. <laughs> you got to talk to him, man, because he's going to see that and be like, it's going to cause problems in the future, man. He's going to be like, I can keep winning. <laughs> keep throwing good money after bad. <laughs> he wanted the Saw figure. He wanted the PlayStation 4, and he wanted a new TV. No, he wanted something else he saw. He's going to always remember the one time that the one point didn't get him all the shit he wanted, and he's going to chase after shit that he shouldn't chase after because of that one event. So you've got to talk to him. That's a bad idea. Man. Uh, he's, he's giving Nicole all kinds of crap the entire weekend. It's so fun. And we were doing it together at CC's, and he was like, y'all are wrong. He goes, you should have just gave it. If I was there, Nicole, I would have given you the money. And she goes, did you ever go? She goes, no. I know. She's never been, Nicole. I said, I, I wouldn't mind her coming, but then I stopped thinking about, it. no, I don't need that, her to that's come. One, that's one way to beat the odds. Just never go. Never go. <laughs> but the funny thing is, uh, so they're talking about the con. And Nicole goes, yeah. She calls her mom because like her other mom. She goes, mom, you know what? There's a lot of scandalous. I'm saying it nicely. A lot of scandally dread women up there. And what does my wife say? Yep, and your father's all up in it. <laughs> what the? We're about to get all up in trouble up in here. Like, what the hell? Look here, Michael Scott. <laughs> it's okay because I'm wearing a horse mask. That's right. You can't see who it is. <laughs> I but, mean, yeah, there's definitely a lot of uh, you know, cosplayers that take it a little too far. Yeah, but, but, you know. That's their prerogative. I don't man. take it that far. I just go take a picture. That's all I'm doing. Well, you know, doing the Burt Reynolds in the middle of Amazing Con might have been taken a little too far. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's something different. That's all for that's Barry. Art. That's art. <laughs> that's, art. that's all for Barry Media. It's just for him. Hear that, Barry? It's all for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to help his business. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're a big help. <laughs> 100% of this deliciousness will bring him some money. This deliciousness. <laughs> that's the episode title. This deliciousness. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, come on. I, what happens at Comic-Con stays at Comic-Con. You know, I've been groped. <laughs> I've been whatever you want to say. I've been... That's true, though. The Hocus Pocus witch really had it in for you. <laughs> <laughs> and we haven't seen her since. You might have got arrested. Yeah, you might have. <laughs> but anyway, those were my funny stories. I hope you enjoy them. I got a gambling problem. Yeah? You got a lot of problems. Nice. <laughs> All right, let's move on to this week's comics, movie, and TV news. Uh, there's not a ton, so what do you want to talk about first? Comics. Okay, so in August, 
Diamond shipped over 10 million comics to shops, which is the first time that's happened in nearly 20 years. Wow. Uh, more people are shopping at brick-and-mortar shops now than ever have before. You hear that, Bryfi? <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Yeah, you know Bryfi doesn't go to... Yeah, I know Bryfi closed all his boxes because of his location, which, you know, that makes perfect sense to me. It's not- I understand. I talked to him the other day, and I said, hey, man, dude, go back to Uncanny. Yeah. I'll stop by and get your books for you. I'll meet you. In- Fuck, I live like a few minutes away from you. And I'm sure he goes to Uncanny whenever he needs to pick up something, because I'm sure he does pick up some physical books, but it's not like having a weekly box where you have to go in and get your stuff. I don't have a box anymore anywhere, you know? I, I understand. It's, yeah, I know, because you've got this jackass buying everything. Yeah, or I read stuff digitally. It's just, That's true. It's too hard to make it to the shop. Like, it just is. Nothing's really close to me, and, you know, Uncanny's the only thing that is close to me if they close so early that I can't make it there most yeah, of the time. Yeah, well, I mean, honestly, to be you're right there, I mean... Truly, pop culture is a drive for me, too. I mean, I go at lunchtime. It takes my entire lunch to go get it, waste gas and everything. And if I didn't go there, I could go to Uncanny because I get off early enough that I could actually stop at Uncanny and get my stuff and never lose anything. But I hit, I had rush hour traffic both ways, like and two hours sitting in traffic every day both ways. Yeah, but what do you do? You don't want to leave the guys who've been, like, tremendous to you. I don't want to leave pop culture. I, I want to help my buddy over at Uncanny Comics because that's, that's he does it's, great if stuff. There's a, if there's a series that I know I have to have, I will go by those shops and buy that series, but it's really hard for me to commit to a box when I know I'm not going to be able to make it week in and week out. Yeah. And I, I mean, can't. <laughs> I mean, if I made it more than enough money, I mean, what I I've, what I would honestly do is I'd probably buy stuff from Pop Culture. I'd buy stuff from Uncanny. Hell, I'd even order stuff from my boy out there in Seguin and Black Forest Comics. I mean, I want to support my buddies. Yeah, I mean, they're all these guys. These three shops that I mentioned right now are all amazing. They all have great guys who own the shops, and they're all so interactive with you. They make you feel loved in there, man. None of them are like a bee. That's for sure. That's right. <laughs> and everyone will have a picture of this deliciousness over the top of their wall. This deliciousness. <laughs> there he goes again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone will want that. Maybe the guy in Seguin will take it. I'm going to get you a shirt that says, This Delicious. Nice. <laughs> That's coming for Christmas. Cool. <laughs> anyway, continue with your comics. I'm sorry. Uh, I just think it's really cool that brick and mortar stores are doing really well. That's, that's great. That's good news for the industry overall. And, hey, I turned my kids on the comics. They like them. Uh, we had another exclusive DC signing, James Tinney IV. Really? Uh, I mean, he's done a lot of stuff with them already, but uh, it's pretty cool that now he's exclusive. To they them. locked him up. Yeah, I mean, he's one of the best writers out there, so that's a good good on them i like his fucking name though james tinian the fourth it just sounds badass kind of i know yeah it's cool too when you see it on the book this is tinian the fourth yeah that's what steve needs to add to his name like a number and shit a number steve orlando x yeah oh hell yeah there you go the x is here fuck yeah uh valiant announced that they're doing a cat cosplay variant month in december there's 10 titles that the covers all have cats and cosplay of the characters in the books. There's like an Archer and Armstrong. There's like a Bloodshot. And it's, it seems like it's all, there's three different cats they use for these photo shoots. But uh-huh. they, all the costumes look really awesome. And they have like little funny cat drawings all the way around like a border. Oh, that's funny. Uh, they look great, honestly. Like I'm, you know, I'm a huge cat guy. Uh, I think these are hilarious. Like this is such a cool idea. I wish Marvel or DC would do something like this with the superheroes. But so that with real cats. Yeah, real cats. That's cool. Valiant beat them to the punch. Now here's the funny thing. I just saw a movie the other day that the guy took photography. And he's taking pictures of this one cat of his, and he put it in different scenes of different movies, like The Shining and Freddy Krueger. And he had the same cat, but he had the cat dressed up, and he made a calendar out of it. It was Keanu, Keen Peel. It's actually, uh, believe it or not, it's actually quite funny. It's actually a funny movie. You should watch it. You might enjoy it. I know it's not your kind of humor. I don't, I don't find Key and Peele that funny, man. But it was actually kind of funny because they were playing regular goofy gay, goofy gay, goofy straight up kind of guys, and they had to go all gangster. It was, it was funny. For guys who like that kind of humor, it's actually a good movie. I don't, and, th- I don't think they're good writers. Like, I, I like 
key as an actor. Like I've seen him in a lot of other stuff, and I've really enjoyed him. I think he's a funny person. Mm-hmm. I don't think either one of them is a very talented writer because I've watched their show a lot, and I don't really laugh at the sketches at all. I got you. So it's really hard for me to commit two hours to watch <laughs> a movie when my time is so limited. First people that I, I'm not really a big fan of. The best part was when they convinced the gangsters that George Michaels was like a badass. So they're all listening to George Michael wham and everything else. <laughs> One guy gets a George Michael tattoo. It's freaking hilarious. I was like, that is funny. But anyway, all right. That's cool, though. I, I have to check these Valiant covers out. Yeah, they, they seem pretty cool. That's it for comics. Uh, what do you want to do, Mike? TV! TV? All right. Uh, oh, by the way, dear sign with CW. I got my CW back. Yes. <laughs> Thank God. All the listeners were holding their breath, you know? <laughs> Thank you for all y'all's <laughs> prayers and your letters. I appreciate the support. Uh, let's see. We got the new trailer for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that highlights Ghost Rider in his car. And you know, I hate the Ghost Rider in the car, but that actually looks really cool. It does. Like, the visual effects are pretty awesome. Why is he messing with Chloe? Or excuse me, what's her name? Sky. Sky. I mean, I know she's an outlaw right now, and I, I, he might be working. Shh, spoilers! I haven't even finished last season yet. Well, that was like months ago. That's on you. Dude, too many damn shows. I'm still trying to finish Gotham, and it starts tomorrow. Waste your time watching Keanu and shit. That's like two episodes of S.H.I.E.L.D. you could have watched. <laughs> I still like freaking episodes back on Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah, I'm behind on Fear the Dead. Too. Only one I'm caught up is The Walking Dead, and that starts when? This weekend, too? Next no, weekend? it's like October, October? 20th yeah. or something. Uh, but anyways. Yeah, it looks cool. Ghost Rider does look very cool. The Ghost Rider. Uh, Daikin Lockman who played the Inhuman Leader okay. in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You remember her? Uh-huh. Uh, she's been cast as a villain uh, in Supergirl. Nice. Roulette. Oh, okay. I know you're familiar with her. Uh, Constantine, we finally got a release date for the Blu-ray and DVD, so that's going to happen October 4th. Nice. Pretty cool. Pretty soon. Hell yeah. And that's on the CW2 now, right? Well, I don't, they're not bringing it back, but... He's uh, going to appear on Legends of Tomorrow? He'll be on Legends of Tomorrow in Season 2. Let's yeah. come back on Arrow, too, I think. Probably. I mean, there's no reason not to use the character. How the hell do, have they not brought that show back? I wish they would. It was CW, the- that would be, okay, when Supernatural calls it quits, Constantine needs to take its spot. It was, honestly, one of the better superhero shows. It was dark, it was gritty, it was great, and the guy that plays Constantine is good. Yeah, I wish it would be part of the Arrowverse. I mean, I really yeah, do. I am really good. stoked for the Arrowverse stuff to come back. I, I'm telling you, man. Uh, let's see, Ben Barnes, uh, he's in Westworld, he's been uh-huh. cast as Bobby Saint in the upcoming Netflix Punisher series. And then the last piece is that Georgina Campbell has been cast as Light as Zod. In sci-fi's Krypton series. Inter- sci-fi. Interesting. Got a Sharknado show up, babe. <laughs> Let's hope not. A Zodnado. Zodnado. <laughs> that's freaking awesome. <laughs> Neil before Zodnado. So that's it for TV. Moving on to movies. Uh, there's not a lot here either. Did I call you babe earlier? Yeah, I did, didn't I? What the fuck? Weirdo. <laughs> uh, Joe Mangiello has been cast as Deathstroke. In yeah. The ben Affleck Batman movie. I don't know how I feel. I like it a lot. Like, he's a good actor. I've seen him in a lot of stuff. He's I don't big. know his fighting skills, though. I mean, he's a big buff dude. Like, I'm pretty sure he can fight. You know, he, he's got plenty of time to train, to, to bulk up even a little bit more, to learn how to do fighting if he doesn't know how to do it. Like, he'll learn the choreography. I'm not worried about that at all. And I, like, he's just a good actor. I think he's a good choice for the role of Destro because he's very intimidating in some of his roles like you watched him in true blood i mean he can be vicious mm-hmm. so like i really want to see that side of him versus ben affleck's batman so i think it's pretty cool cool and you know when i first read that i thought it said joe pants delonio <laughs> i was like wait a minute why is joe pants playing death Stro- that's that's just like odd <laughs> playing kid stroke <laughs> kid stroke <laughs> very nice uh let's see margot robbie who we all know played harley quinn in uh-huh. the suicide squad movie uh, she has signed an exclusive deal with Universal, so she's moving forward with a Harley Quinn solo movie. Nice! Uh, she's going to produce it and star in it. So we don't know any details beyond that so far, but it's going to happen. You're going to get your Harley movie. She's going to produce it? 
know. That should be it. Well, at least that just means that she's going to finance it. It doesn't really mean that. Okay. You know, she's directing. She'll have input. She'll have some creative input, but she's not going to direct it or write Michael it. Bale directed. Be shit blowing up all over the place. Let's hope not. <laughs> no, I can't wait, uh, dude. I will be there. I will probably see a movie like movie like four or five times. It's going to be good, I think. Especially if Don's the old costume. That's what I'm really hoping. I'm hoping they go back and do like a prequel story, and it's like Mad Love or, or that'd something be like that. great that'd be fun. Oh, that'd be awesome. Or they do like a Poison Ivy, Harley Quinn duo kind of st- movie. That'd be a lot of fun, too. There's so many good things they could draw from to do Harley. Uh, I just hope they don't draw from any of the new stuff. Like, uh, there's been some good stuff with Jimmy Palmiotti's run. Red Tool in particular yeah, was really the Red fun. Tool. <laughs> but the gang of Harley stuff has gotten so difficult to trudge through. Like, I've been reading all the DC books. Harley Quinn is the worst rebirth book. I, think, I really think so. It's really weak. It's really hard to get through. Like, I fall asleep reading it. I'm really underwhelmed by it. No comment? Uh, compared to The Flash, compared to Batman, compared to Wonder Woman, compared to Superman Superman, and Justice League, like Harley Quinn is definitely the weakest of all the ones that we read. It's they, I'm, they okay, to... I'm not going to disagree with you. Yes, it, it is the weakest of all of them. It really is. You read it because you're a fan. You're a super hardcore fandom. It's like Deadpool at least has a, story, has a really good story. I don't know if they give it enough backing or they, they, they don't or, give it enough personalization yeah exactly they make it they try to make it as fluffy as possible they put like the same stupid jokes in there all the time they have too many characters that don't really do anything to enhance the story and you know harley seems too like flighty she's just kind of scatterbrained a lot of the time and it really takes away from it they don't give her any meaningful stories which i think really hurts it like red tool was the most meaningful thing in the book and it wasn't even because of harley it was because of him I don't know if she'll ever be considered in the same classification as a Flash or a Batman or. Well, obviously not. Well, you know what I mean. And she has she has people that love her. I love her. in regards to books. I I don't think it'll ever be written like they are. I mean, the early Harley stuff that Palmiotti and and Connor were doing was great. It was really fun. It was a really new take on the character, but it's gotten really stale in the last like ten issues or so. Uh, I'm. I'm really underwhelmed. I hope they they find some new material to put in there and breathe some new life into her because. It's just not. It's not what I hoped it would be. Obviously, I pick it up because I'm a big fan. No, I'm, I'm not saying there's anything but wrong with that. I, like, no, I, and it's not. It's not a bad book. It's not terrible or anything. It's just not as good as I. It's never going to make our top three. Yeah, it's really rarely going to make our top three. Like the Red Tool books were the only ones that did. Especially when she had the uh, the bombs coming out of her butt, <laughs> the robot butt. <laughs> no, I no, I agree with you 100. percent It is not one of those. It is never going to be one of those, and that's a damn shame. Yeah. Just think how much more popularity would gain if they had a meaningful story if they had an arc that was just like a defining thing kind of like deadpools with this the good the bad and the ugly well the other thing is too she has like five titles i mean you got harley you got harley and her gang of harleys you got harley's little black book you got harley and power girl like you have so many different i was stopped actually i think okay but no i know what you mean yeah i mean of those harley and power girl was the only one that was even really kind of emotion had emotion to it and was a good story because you got to see the two very different characters forced to work together. So, I mean, at least there was something interesting going on there. But, like, there's not enough to her without Joker being in her life to merit so many extra stories. Like, Deadpool has a lot going on. And even when Deadpool's doing things like Mercs with Money or, like, one of his spinoff miniseries, like, there's a huge amount of backstory that leads up to who the character is that makes him interesting and makes you care about what decisions he makes. Harley doesn't really have that. You know, they could really go somewhere with her, too. They could really take her to the deep end, or they could take her a different way. Like the the special where her, her and Poison Ivy had to go back and confront the Joker. Mm-hmm. That was a great issue. Well, that's what I was going to tell you. They could, When anyone, in, in psychologically talking, or anybody does anything that goes through trauma like that, there's multiple things that happen to you, and I don't care how much you try to hide it or cover it up, it's still there. Mm-hmm. So they have so much material. They could really take her. She could, like, totally wig 
and like just go off and become one of the most hardcore criminals ever. I wish and that what usually when shit like this happens to somebody like that, that's what happens. You go off the deep fucking end and you lose your fucking mind and you become some kind of I think that's what it is though. She used to be a villain and now she's playing a hero, which is fine. That happens all the time. People switch sides. But she lost her edge when she made that transition. Yeah, but even as a villain, she was never really a villain villain. She didn't she did do a few things she could have killed Batman, but she never went with through it. She but was she, not she, she was still edgy. She still had her edge and she doesn't have it anymore. It's all fluff. I feel like the last, like half of the last Harley arc and all of this arc has been fluff. Do you think they would lose more people or would they gain more fans if they took her like to the? If all of a sudden she just like snapped and they took her to like the depths? I'm talking to like the like unevil un- shit, like some shit the Joker would have done. Because that's what I'm saying. I, like, I honestly think if if they wrote a story like that, it would be heralded as brilliant. It would get like amazing reviews, and it would probably drive a lot more people to check out Harley. It's, I mean, whenever creators do that kind of thing and change a character in a meaningful way and make it important like that, it always seems to drive more people to check about, check it out, or talk about it. And you know, it's always just beneficial for the character. I wish they would take some chances with her because they're doing very boring things. True. So, who's DC's number one top villain right now? Who would you say iconically? The Joker, right? I mean, yeah, the Joker. Who's number two? Luther. Exactly. The gap is also like massive. If you could take Harley, you could make Harley so big, so twisted, could probably even rival the Joker. I mean, it could be something big for I DC. Mean, I guess Darkseid and Anti Monitor. Yeah, but you could really, but yeah, but you really don't know much. You like really don't really stand out. But you could take a Harley Quinn and really she, take her to the edge. She has like that's what D, that's what Marvel did right is because Deadpool was very fluffy when mm-hmm. Daniel Way was writing him. I mean, there were some good moments in there, but there was a lot of fluff. Once Brian Posehn and Jerry Dugan took over. They looked at all the things that were in his backstory that never really got answered, and they answered all those questions, and they really fleshed out the character's backstory. They, I mean, it was a short run for them. Like, I think it was only 42 issues or something for, for the third volume. Yeah, but that was great, 42 issues. But, oh my god, every single issue mattered. There was only, like, two issues that were fluff out of, out of all of those, and that's, that's incredible. They really improved Deadpool in a meaningful way, gave him a lot of characters that support him that actually matter. Like... Why should we care about Agent Preston? Why should we care about mm-hmm. Ellie? Why should we care about, you know, the necromancer Michael? Like, mm-hmm. these are characters that could have just been one and done supporting characters that didn't really matter, but they made them so important to Deadpool that you care about all the supporting characters and how they affect his life. Yeah, I was pissed that the necromancer's gone, man. Can you even tell me the different Harley supporter? Like, who, are, who else is in the gang of Harleys? I know there's a dude. Uh, like, I know there's a girl in a wheelchair, but I can't tell you what their names are. The most important person in her book is the gopher. Yeah. The taxidermied gopher is the most important character in Harley, Harley's story. That's the problem. She's got the egg guy. and some, I, I agree with you. I would, but I don't think DC is willing to take her that route. I think they it's want not, to keep her not, that way. I don't think it's DC's call. I think it's Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor's call. They're, they're intentionally writing fluff pieces just to sell because that's what they think the audience wants. But it's not. Like If they pay attention, Red Tool was definitely their best arc. And that's because they finally introduced a character that, yeah, it was a copy of Deadpool... Yeah, it was intentionally kind of goofy and ridiculous, but he also had like mental disorder and like all these problems, and they made those like a focal point of the story, and it made you care about him somewhat, and it made you care about how Harley dealt with him somewhat. Like they don't do that. That's the first time they've done it in their entire run. I don't know what to tell you, brother. I like wait and see. I like Harley in Suicide Squad way more than I like Harley in her standalone book. Yeah, 
because she's forming relationships with Deadshot. She's forming relationships with the other members of the team. Like, she betrays them sometimes, you know? She has little machinations going on, and it's interesting to watch them unfold because they actually matter. Yeah, I Nothing like that happens in her book matters. Yeah, like I said, I like her in Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad more as well. I pick up the regular Harley books because I pick them up because I'm a fan. But I, I would love to see an edgier, ed- way edgier, darker side. I'm not sure how we got on this topic. Because <laughs> <laughs> we both agree that Harley is kind of just soft in I mean, regards to everything It's else. a character we both love, you know, and I just want to see her treated right. Hey, she's mine. I, <laughs> hey, like that, com- like that comic book guy. She's mine. I don't watch none of my box. <laughs> like, effing weirdo. She belongs to this deliciousness. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> that guy's not deliciousness. <laughs> oh. Oh, I'll just continue on. <laughs> Anyways, that's pretty much all we got this week, guys. Sorry I went on this crazy rant about Harley. Uh, I don't know where that came from. Because you know it's emotional. It's touching to me, man. I just had something to talk about. You wanted to dog me today. <laughs> I dog you every day. Oh, that's it's, true. <laughs> Bastard. That's pretty much it, guys. Don't forget to follow us on our social media. You can find us at Facebook at facebook.com slash comical podcast. On Twitter, I am at comical podcast. I'm at comical podcast, too. I'm surprised you got to tell the world what you got me here, man. <laughs> it's a surprise for later. Uh, for the world? Okay. <laughs> uh, you can also follow us on Instagram where we are at comical podcast. And uh, don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, pretty much anywhere podcasts are. And if you like us, please leave us a five-star review. And if you want to check out my comic book, graybearcomics.com has it. Uh, come out and support the Kickstarter October 1st if you can. It's greatly appreciated. And uh, sorry we missed last week, but we should be good for a while. No more missed weeks for a little bit. At least we hope, unless our job is killing us. Yeah. So we'll see you next week, guys. Until that time, keep on laughing, bitches. With deliciousness. With this deliciousness. <laughs> <laughs>